you know, he's, he says he would, he would like just one day, just one day, just one day. Don't come to me with a problem. Just come to me and delight yourself in me. And so that's what I say today, Lord, that we delight ourselves in you. We delight ourselves in doing your work and your will today. Thank you, Jesus. We don't come to you with a problem. We're not coming to you with fix something, fix me, help me. Lord Jesus, we just want to say we love you. We are grateful to you. We thank you. And we delight ourselves in you today. I delight myself in you today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for gracing us with your presence today. Your presence is something that we long for. Desire it above all things. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Um, this morning, I wanna, we want to look at the revelation that Dr. Mills brought to us. It was an awesome revelation, and I got to teach it in 45 minutes, and he took an hour and a half. So, thank you, Jesus. But there's a couple of words in this. There's a couple of words that I want us to remember, and one of them is instinct. Instinct. What is an instinct? It's a natural behavior, something that we're not taught. It's just a natural inclination. I just naturally do this. I'm not taught this. And what about paradigm? What's a paradigm? Paradigm. Mm. It's what? 20 cents. <laughs> oh, Pastor got jokes. Pastor got jokes today. A paradigm is 20 cents. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it is a way of looking at something. Amen. <laughs> You gotta let the pastor do that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It's a it's a group of ideas or or a theory, a way of looking at something. Okay, it's a way that we look at something. And so this morning, I would like for us to have a paradigm shift. And when he taught this, he, we had a, a little meeting with him with some of the leaders, and he taught this, and I felt something. I felt something shift in me when when. It, when he did, and I, and I know that I received the impartation of this, then I had to come home and chew on it, because most of it goes, you know, okay, he talked about Christian living and normal living, in today's world, they kind of meld together, Christian living and normal living, and they are vastly <laughs> different, vastly different they are worlds apart actually one is supernatural and one is an instinct amen so we and we all we just automatically go into the natural way of doing things but we've got to shift the way we think we've got to shift everything this morning and we got to see that that instinct is i should not lean toward that instinct but everything we teach, we teach our kids to make decisions for themselves. 
We teach them, like in the business world, if you don't have initiative, then what do I need you here for? Right? Taking, taking initiative, taking, thinking on our own, making decisions. If you see something needs to be, you know, okay? Y'all, I'm getting ahead of myself. The heart <laughs> is that invisible space in man that houses the spirit, okay? The real man. Okay, first thing, he taught about three different estates of man. The original estate of man, what we became, and what we become, okay? And so the first thing we want to look at is the original estate of man. And let's go to Genesis 2, 1 through 7. We're going to look at the original state of man Adam. Verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in that it, he, because in that, Something like my words are running together. Anyway, he rested from all his work, which God created and made. These are the generations of the heavens of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was made in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and, the, and watered the whole face of the ground. And verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. Okay? Now let's go look at 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-two. Through 45. 42. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. And the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Who is that last Adam? Jesus Christ. Amen. Adam was made a living soul. God breathed into him the breath of life and he became a living soul. But Jesus Christ was made a quickening spirit. Amen. Ha. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. That first Adam, we're looking at the original, the original Adam. He was, ma- he was made a living soul. He was pure. He was uncorrupted. He was not perverted. Amen? He was without blemish. 
He completely depended upon the Father. Completely, totally, 100% depended upon the Father, right? He didn't even take into consideration that he needed anything. He didn't, he didn't even realize he was naked. He didn't realize that was inappropriate. <laughs> he wouldn't even think, he, he, whatever God brought him is what he had. His career was brought by God. God said, tend this garden. God said, name all these animals. And so that's what he did. He did whatever God instructed him to do. When he was, he's looking for a house, he didn't even know to look for a house. God put him in the, in the garden. God placed him where he wanted him to live. What about a wife? He didn't even know he needed one. He's not trying to find something he needs. He has whatever God gives him. God brought him his woman. And he said, I like this. Thank you. This might help me. You know? He, did, he, wa- he wasn't about trying to see that he had a need and fix it. He was completely, totally, 100% dependent upon the Father for every single thing. Okay? Do y'all, do y'all see that? He only, he only did what, what the Father told him to do. His relationship with God and the relationship that the second Adam had are very, very, they just alike. Right? I saw a couple of, they're the same. So, so Adam is a type of Jesus. He's a type of Jesus. Completely, totally, 100% dependent upon the Father. Amen? Okay. Um, In Christian living, we need to look at Adam and Jesus. And in Christian living, the way we are supposed to live is we don't choose. We receive. I'm going to let that soak in. We don't choose. We receive. Amen. We're talking about being the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. We're the bride of Christ. And we don't choose. I'm telling y'all, it has to, there has to be a shift come into us. Because, because we live by instinct. We live by natural inclination. We do, but we are supposed to not. (laughs) We are supposed to live by him and what he brings me and what he has for me. And my career is whatever he says I'm supposed to be. You know, we teach our kids, you can be anything you want to when you grow up. Honey, what do you want to be? You want to be a vet? You want to be a lawyer? You want, what do you want to be? You want to be a mommy? What do you want to be? Mm Mm-mm. What does God say? What was God's purpose in creating me? Amen? We got to have a shift. We got to have a shift. Okay, what did we become after the fall? After the fall. Okay? After the fall. Now, we looked at the original, which is Adam. He became a living soul. He was perfect. He was pure. He was... He was not corrupted. He was not perverted in any way. He, 
every single thing he received from God. Amen? His wife, his home, everything was received by God. Okay? Okay, I'm moving on now. We're moving on. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at what we became after the fall. Genesis chapter 2. I know it's in here. There it is. Sixteen and seventeen. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Okay, so God warned man, Don't touch this tree. You can have everything. Every single thing in this garden, but don't touch this one right here. Don't touch it. This is not for you, okay? Man had every single thing he needed, everything. So in Genesis 3, we see where the serpent comes in, and he tricks Eve by telling her, you know, if you, if you eat of this, you're going to be just like God. Well, they already had everything, They already had everything of God. Every single thing, they were clothed in his glory. Amen? They did not even realize that they needed anything. Because every single thing that they needed, God provided. He clothed them in glory. He gave them the place to live. He gave them their career. He gave them their spouse. Everything that they needed... He gave it to him. The food to eat. He said, here, I've given you every seed-bearing plant for your food. Eat it. It's all all good. Eat it. It's yours. Don't touch that right there. The serpent comes in, and he deceives Eve, and they eat. Okay? Adam eats. And immediately, they knew that they were naked. And this right here, we always teach that sin entered the world right then. That, that man received a sin nature. And we, we have a sin nature. Yes, we do. All of that is not, not true. Okay? But our focus has been on sin. This is what he talked about. Our focus was on sin. Romans deals with sin. Our focus has been on sin. But this is what happened. When they ate of that tree, okay, they realized they were naked. And so that natural instinct took over. And that natural instinct says, I got to fix this without God. That's, that's what happened. I got I to gotta take care of this without God. So they go and they kill, they, they sew their um, fig leaves together to cover themselves. So, they, so they, they met a need without God. Very first time in the history of mankind did any need get met without God. Just soak in for a minute. <laughs> that that's what happened. What do we find ourselves doing all the time? Trying to fix things without God. 
that natural instinct, that instinct takes over. And we just do it. I come to realize that the instinct, the natural instinct is control. I can control things. I can fix this. I don't even ask God. If I don't fix it, it ain't going to get fixed. See, that's what Adam did at that moment. He didn't even consult God. He didn't even think about God. All he thought was hiding from God. Hiding from him. Because he had done messed up. So that instinct took over. And the instinct, I'm going to say again, I believe 100% is control. I better fix this. Sin did enter the world right then. Man did become a sinner. Man does have a sin nature. But what happened was that instinct to do Things without God came in. That's what came in. Amen? Um, in Matthew seven twenty three, you know, that's where they come to him and he says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Those who work iniquity are those who take the place of God, which is what happened. That's what happened in the fall of man. We took the place of God. We took the place of God. We decided to sow fig leaves together instead of crying, God, I ate it, I ate it, I didn't mean, I'm sorry, God, I ate it. What do I do? Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, God. Instead of doing that, we sowed fig leaves together. To cover myself. I didn't consult God. I run from God. I hide from God. Amen? Amen. I know this is a revelation. I know this is a revelation. Thank you, Jesus. Because we're going to start thinking differently. We're going to have a paradigm shift. Amen? We're going to have a paradigm shift. We are not going to... I guarantee you the bride of Jesus Christ does not operate in that natural instinct, that natural inclination. Mm -mm. We, the bride, consult him on everything. 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 Lord, what did you create me to be? What do you want me to be? It's not the mother instinct. We all, you know, say we have that mother instinct. No, that was control. That was control. I can just tell y'all about me. Josh, is it okay? Okay. When Josh was, what, 17 or 18 or something like that, anyway, he left home. And the mother in me, what I always equated as the mother, (laughs) went crazy crazy I'm talking about crazy yes (laughs) wait a minute 
right now it just sounds like I was just, you know, I left home, didn't tell nobody, yeah. like at two o'clock in the morning. Yes. So that mother instinct kicked in there. That that's just what I wanted to say. Okay. It, there was no warning. It was just like, I'm out. See y'all later. <laughs> in the middle of the night, the boy left. So mom went. The mother instinct went crazy. Well, well, it wasn't. But just if. A, just a couple of days, and I was here. I was right here in Freedom Ministries. Thank you, Jesus, for Freedom Ministries. Thank you for the vision of Freedom Ministries, that we can get free. We can stay free. We can live free. I'm talking about my baby left in the middle of the night, y'all. He left. He left me. <laughs> the one who had been with him for 18 years, he left me. So I come up here. And, and Pastor Eileen was preaching then. It, it, was, it was way back yonder. He's, he's old. <laughs> and, which means, you know. And so, and as she's preaching, anyway, I got delivered from control that night. I got delivered from control. And it felt like that thing was coming from, from the bottom of my feet, just, just all the way out of me. And when it left, I felt. Like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know how to act or think or anything. And all of a sudden, I wasn't consumed with thoughts about him and what he's doing. I wasn't consumed with that anymore. Before I walked in here that night, every waking second, every sleeping second was, what is he doing? Oh my God, where is he at? What's he doing? Who's he with? Oh my God, I, don't ha- I can't see him. What is he doing? And my thumb wasn't on him. Okay. Because the only thing in my life I could control was my kids. So I did. <laughs> Just to be truthful with you, so I did. With a bit, yeah. <laughs> Josh calls it the DOC. The demon of control. <laughs> but that came out of me. That broke out of me. And all of a sudden I didn't, I wasn't thinking the same way about him. I wasn't thinking about him like that anymore. And so I come back to church, thank God. And Pastor Eileen says, some of you think you don't even love your kids anymore. And I was like, that is what that feels like. Because I'm not consumed with him. And she said, it's not that. It's that you've been delivered of control. And I was like, oh my God. That is exactly what happened. I let go of controlling him. And so I wasn't consumed by what was he doing and where was he going and what was he eating and was he sleeping in his car and was he, you know, was he, was he out with people that I would not approve of? I wasn't consumed with that anymore. And so it felt, see, my mother, that's what I called it, my mother was upset. No control could not see him. Control was not in control of what he was doing. That's what I call my mother instinct. That's why I say that that natural instinct is control. Brother Kim wants to, he's, he's about to bust it. Well, a thought occurred to me when, when Josh called that DOC, and I'm sitting here, and the more you're talking, <clears throat> Josh, uh, DOC also stands for Department of Corrections. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does, and we do correct. <laughs> but after we have corrected and we have 
we have trained and we have done everything that we can do and they reach a certain point, my job with that is done. And then it, I'm just, I'm, all I can do is pray. Seek the Lord over my children. Let them go because God is the one that is in control. Amen? Amen? Not me. As long as I am trying to control, it is going to stay messed up. They ain't never going to do what I'm wanting them to do. Amen? Amen. Okay, y'all think about that. How long have we been taught about control? How many times do we lay them on the altar and then go right back over there and pick them up again? And try to control. You know you was raised better than that. You know you ain't supposed to. Where you at? Who are you with? What you doing? What did you do tonight? What have you been? Now, honey, you know that. See, there's lots of ways to control. We can do it sweetly or we can do it in their face. We can manipulate. (laughs) Pastor said one time that manipulation is the biggest crier I have ever seen. Just a crybaby and a whiner. (laughs) Crier and a liar, yes. Yes. And that's what control does. Manipulates to get its way. When you do something wrong, everything is your fault. Everything. It is never control's fault. Okay, so that control come out of me and all of a sudden I did not... I didn't, have, I didn't have the same thoughts toward my kid as I did 25 minutes ago. And I'm thinking, what the world is wrong with me? I don't even love him. I mean, what happened to me? What happened? Control broke. And then God then could, could restore that relationship, and he could show me the right way to love him, the right way to be his mother, the right way. Not out of control. Amen? Amen. That natural instinct took over. Control can be worry, too. Absolutely. There's a lot of difference between worry and concern. Yes, there's a lot of difference between worry and concern. Because worry just constantly sits there, you know, and I'm just, oh, just eat up. Concern is when the spirit all of a sudden reveals something to me. Or I see something and I am concerned about th- I am taking that to prayer. Right then. I ain't saying nothing to Johnny. I ain't saying nothing to Josh. I'm taking it to prayer. To prayer. Loving them, taking it to prayer. Living in front of them. Miss Robbie, you want to say something? We need to remember what Jesus, I heard hollered out loud at me one time when I was about to get pulled under, wondering and doubting. Galatians 5.1. Y'all know what Galatians 5.1 says? What's it say? Don't you be entangled with that yoke and doubt, <laughs> bondage of doubt and unbelief again. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We do get entangled with those things. And I had my answer within 30 minutes. Amen. read that. When we can give it to God and truly take it to prayer and keep my hands off of it. Pastor Angie, then God can do something. He can do something. Hallelujah. Um, I can 
say you're a good teacher because when you teach, we get revelation off of what you teach. And as you were teaching this, I was thinking about worry. And I thought the only time I worry is when I haven't done Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but make my prayers known to God. Yes. So uh, if I'm worrying, he said, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Hadn't I fed the uh, the birds? And they mm-hmm. don't even sow. Amen. So if I'm worrying, I have to check and see if I've prayed. Amen. And done what the word told me to do. Because then he said, the peace of God's going to surpass all understanding. Yes. Philippians 4, 6. Yes. Can we read it? Yes. I, I can turn. Philippians 4. It is good, and I know that that peace that passes understanding is it's in the midst of everything. You know, it's not real peace if there's nothing going on. You know what I'm saying? Philippians left. It does. Yes. It's on the thing. I forget that. You forget that's up there when you're teaching. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Exactly. If I'm worried about it, if I'm anxious about it, if I'm all upset about it, if I'm getting in doubt and unbelief about it, then I have not prayed. And that is my responsibility, is prayer. That is what I'm supposed to be doing, is prayer. Even when you have a two-year-old. Even when it's not that I can control until they turn 18 and then all of a sudden i got to let them go. It's not that. Even when they're just coming home before you ever have them. Prayer. Prayer. God will show you how to raise them. He will show you how to potty train. He will show you how to do everything and how to raise them up to be the bride of Christ. How to raise them up not to, not to be in that natural inclination to take over in them. Raise them up to be productive people, yes. But that they do not, they do not count on their own natural instinct. That God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has something for them. God has a way. God created them for a reason. Amen. Brother Tim. Um, God showed me that um, distractions are, uh, means um, a thing that keeps you from giving your full attention to something else. And so uh, worry and instinct and, and all these things you've been saying, they keep us from giving our full attention to someone else, which is God's voice. And so it, w- when we're faced with something, we'll pray a little bit. And, and sometimes the distraction comes when we're about to get out of our mind and into the spirit. The distraction will come while you're trying to pray. Because like Pastor said, if you get through, then the peace of God is going to speak and you're going to have his word to stand on. But those distractions constantly come against you. Well, I need to try to fix it. I need to try to do this. And, and so we have to press past our mind in prayer and pray into the spirit. And the reason that natural instinct to fix this came was because Adam ate the fruit. That's what happened. That right there is what happened. That natural instinct came in. And that's the only thing. Now, y'all 
hang on just a second. I'm fixing to say something. That's the only thing that was not taken care of at the cross. Because everything was taken care of at the cross of Jesus Christ. But we still have that instinct. We still have a choice to consult God or not. And see, before Jesus Christ, we just went with that instinct. Just the natural instinct. That's just what, that's what you do. Man received that. That instinct. But when Jesus Christ came, huh? Yes, we have a free will. Yes, we do have a choice. He didn't create a bunch of robots that, you know, he wants us to choose him. But we got to choose him. I mean, he said, I said before you, life or death. And then he had to tell us to choose life. Because the natural instinct, there is a way that seems right to man, but the end of that is destruction. It's death. There's a way that seems right. There's an instinct. There's an instinct. I got to fix this, and I'm not consulting God about it. That is going to bring death and destruction every time. Every single time. But that's the way man without Jesus Christ is. That's the way we are. That's what we became at the fall. Amen? Amen. Man recognized his need, and he fixed it without God. Without God. Okay, what we become. With Jesus Christ. I am going to teach this in 45 minutes. Amen. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. In the original, in Adam, God was not in man. Man was not in God. Okay? It never says anywhere in there that I am in him and he is in me. It doesn't say that anywhere. He was just clothed with God's glory. He just, every single need, was, it was just given by God. I mean, he just supplied everything. And, and man depended completely upon him, completely upon God. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did, right? Jesus said, I don't do anything without the Father, right? Okay, when Jesus Christ came, we now have the indwelling of the Godhead. Amen. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. That the, that the Godhead now dwells in me. Amen. Amen. I am in you and you are in me and we are in them and they are in us. Hallelujah. I want them to be one with me and you. Just like me and you are one. Let's just read it. It's in John. John 17. Hallelujah. See, we still have that instinct. We do still have the natural instinct. It's still there. It didn't go away. It's still there. I got delivered of it in in the case of Josh. Then I had to get delivered of it in the case of Hunter. (laughs) I had to get delivered of it in the case of Keith. I had to get delivered of it in the case of Barbara. I I can't control. Control is the enemy. It is the enemy, 100%. When I just decide on my own self because I am just that good, as Charlotte says, I'm just that good. So I'm going to decide on my own 
what I'm going to be when I grow up. It sounds, it sounds crazy, don't it? God has, he has a purpose for what he wants me to be. He is the one that designed me. He designed my children. He designed them. And we are first and foremost to be teaching them and ourselves how to be the bride of Christ. That's what we were created for. That's what we were created. And in his bride, she can do all things that he gives her to do. Amen? Not just what I decide on my own. It gets us in a whole lot of trouble. Because there is a way that seems right to a man. But the end of that is death. Amen? Okay. John 17, 21. Yes. go to college but if we go for something that's not him then we got to turn around when we're 30 and then go after what he showed us was the will for our life yes the younger we know that the more prosperous we can amen the younger we know that that's why i think it's great that adelaide already knows she's gonna be an olympian and i believe that she will be an olympian Going after that that thing that God put in you, that's what we pursue. That's what we go after. But when I am just leaning toward the natural instinct of man, then just like she said, I'm going to go do things that he hasn't. He doesn't have that will for me. I'm not even seeking him. I'm not asking him. I got married I, two times. I didn't ask him nothing. I did not consult him. We don't consult him. And that is the fall of man. That right there is what happened in the fall. We don't consult him. And therefore, I do go traipsing off because I think I want to be a this. Keith's cousin has been in college for 25 years. I'm serious. He went to be a, a lawyer. And, he, and in the middle of just a regular lawyer, he changed it to a, is it a maritime lawyer? Where you're a lawyer over things that happen in, over the seas and the water and stuff like that. And then, you know how long you go to school to be a lawyer? And then you change it. And then you, then he, he um, just went for general because he's like, I don't know what I want to do. And then he went for a physical therapist. That's, you know, he spent a lot of money. A lot of money trying to decide what he wants to be when he grew up. When all we have to do is ask God. Ask Father. That's all we have to do is ask Father. And he might, he's, he's got a plan. He's got something that he wants us to do. That's what he wants us to do. And when we pursue that right there, then it doesn't cost us so much and so many problems. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Instead of leaning toward that natural instinct of control. I control my own life. I'm my own man. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. Oh, that's a big one today. 
I'm my own woman. Ain't no man going to tell me nothing. Let a man tell me. I didn't mean to go there. (laughs) But that's control. That's control, y'all. That's control. That's that natural instinct. The natural instinct is control. That's why we deal with it so much. The natural instinct is control. I will do what I want to do, and nobody else is going to make me do anything I don't want to do. Not even two years old, that natural instinct has kicked in. Ah, Do you pick me up? I mean, really. It's a natural thing. It's a natural thing. But me, as the bride of Christ, cannot live naturally. I cannot live naturally. I cannot live the natural life. There's Christian living, there's bride living, and there's natural living. Hey! hey. As, the, as the Africans say, hey! 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 There's bride living, and there's natural living. I ain't living natural no more. I'm the bride of Christ. And so my instinct now is, what you say, God? What do you want me to do? I ain't do. I'm not moving until you speak. I'm not gonna move till you speak. I'm not gonna go here just because that's what everybody's saying. I need to do. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. God, what do you say? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to be? How do you want me to be? That's what Jesus did. That is what Jesus. Did. Lick it. That's what he did. John 5, 19. We know it. We quote it all the time. And Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. That is where we're supposed to be. Because the Godhead <laughs> lives on the inside of me. Jesus lives on the inside of me. And if he walked on this earth and he said, I can't do anything in myself. I can only do what the Father is telling me to do. Then that's exactly how I'm supposed to be. He's alive in me. And that's what he wants from me. Don't do anything that the Father's not saying do. Amen? He says in John something. 12. 49, that he only says what the Father tells him to say. Amen? Oh my goodness, how much problems could I have avoided had I done that right there? Say only what the Father is telling me to say. That is success. Yes. But I... In my, I, I just lean toward that natural instinct. 
to do it my own way. I don't think he's going to take it out. (laughs) I don't. That's one of them things we have to overcome. I'm going to have to overcome that. I'm going to have to put that in its rightful place. Reckon that thing dead. And reckon that thing dead every day. Because that's my flesh. My flesh wants to rear up and do what it wants to do. Wants to do what it wants to do. Always. Always. In all ways. That's what happened at the fall. Man in the original. Yes, you just got a revelation. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Um, Man in the original was God-centered. God-centered. But that fall came when he disobeyed, and that natural instinct became center. Center, right there. You can see it all through time, how awful, man. God, I mean, God had to send a flood (laughs) because man just got awful living in that natural instinct to do things without God, to do things without God. But, but, Jesus Christ came, and he did things only by God. Only by God. He had the natural instinct, y'all. He did. He was man just like we are. He showed that in the garden. That's a good point. He showed that in the garden. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But I'll do it. Whatever you tell me to do, God, I'll do it. Even if it hurts. Even if it means my death. Even if. I'll do it. And so he did it. And because he did it, I can do it. I can do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can wait on him. I can wait on him. I can do only what the Father is saying do. I can say only what the Father is saying say. I can go where the Father says go. I can do that. Because he lives inside me. He has... Fully equipped me. Fully equipped me. Fully equipped me to live this life. Because the one who lived it lives in me. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The one who did it lives in me. Hallelujah. I taught his hour and a half revelation in 45 minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 